Hey everyone, and welcome to 121 in Flux. I am Peter, that is Connor, and we talk about movies on this show. And in this episode, we are catching up on another foreign film from 2017. We are looking at the Japanese film Blade of the Immortal, uh, which is directed by Takashi Miike. Uh, he's obviously a very well-known director, he's done a bunch of stuff. Uh, yeah, this is his 100th film. Oh, is this his 100th? 100th. That's too many. <laughs> That's a lot, isn't it? Most directors take a year or two to make a movie. Yeah, so, he does like two or three a year sometimes. So, so most directors don't get even close to a hundred because the, you know you, 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 if you're doing one every two years, say for forty years, that's not only getting you to twenty. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, but it's he, an insane. It's still he, he wants to. And obviously, I imagine there's a lot of like quick low budget movies in there to speed. Oh speed, yeah, yeah. To rack up these not these numbers a lot, but I don't imagine he's done a hundred films at the the size of this one. <laughs> I feel like this I'm took a long sure time. Sure, that there's not. That would be ridiculous. I'm sure it's got a lot of Obviously, the 13 Assassins, which is probably the, the comparable one to this, but he also did Audition, he did Itchy the Killer, a uh, bunch of whole stuff, bunch of stuff. Mm. Um, like I say, there's a hundred of them. I'm not going to name all of them. Yeah, you, you'll have heard of some of them. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, it's mostly Japanese stuff. Uh, yes. So, almost, maybe even entirely Japanese. I know Tarantino was in one, which is partly English, but I, I don't think that really was quite... Mm. I, I, I wouldn't know for sure where, what it's classed as. Yeah, but hey. So, yeah, so so this is a, a samurai film. We'll start spoiler-free, as we do, and then we'll we'll give you a warning before spoilers, somewhere in the middle. This is a film uh, about an immortal samurai who ends up working with this girl whose parents were killed by this evil samurai who wants to basically go around the, the land and, like shut down every other like type of fighting style, all the dojos, all, all the other training classes. No, they're all they're all defunct and mine is the only one that can be be used now. I want to be in charge, everyone's gonna fight like me. Um and she hires this immortal samurai as a, essentially a bodyguard, uh, or slash warrior. And you get something I am gonna say there's a little bit of that whole Logan slash Last of Us kind of Disgruntled warrior, you know, becoming a father figure yeah. without necessarily meaning to. Yeah, then the, the girl who's like you know about that age where she's like thirteen, fourteen, and she's kind of a badass. Kind of a badass, or I mean, I wouldn't necessarily call her badass, but she's got that thing where she's got that maybe some of the ideals that the adults have lost. For sometimes uh, she just she makes sense in a way that the adults will never get to. It's got a, a spunky attitude. Yeah, yeah, uh, but it's, it's, it's that old argument where. Oh, if the six-year-old version of yourself could like see what you are now, would they criticise you for it? Yeah. And they, they probably would. And uh, and of course, in this case, it's it's heightened even more because, as you say, it's it's an immortal warrior. So you know, he's he's lived a bit longer. Yeah, not insanely long, but no longer. No, it, it, you know, that's uh, pretty quickly is uh, how long, but enough that you can see the the jadedness setting in. Yeah, because he mentioned it mentions that it's seventy years later, and he was maybe I don't know thirty when that. Yeah. First scene happened, uh, so you know. So he's, I mean, he's conceivably in the age range that someone could live to, but obviously he should be a frail old man who can barely move at this point. Instead, oh, he's, yeah. he's, you know, he's samurai man. Um, but hey, so not not quite, uh, you know, that. Uh, what was what I thought was funny actually is uh, there is another immortal eventually in the film uh, who's eight hundred years old, uh, which happens to be the same age as Darla on the hit television show Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm. I'm not going to lie, when I was watching the movie and he, he said he was 800 years old, I immediately went, that's my reference. I'll tell you that one, because I'm pretty sure that the, the crone, who who we see early on as mm. well, she says she's 800 as well. Or maybe it was her. 
Who, who, whoever, whoever was 800 years old, as soon as I said 800, I was like, that's Darla's yeah. age. I'm having yep, that reference. Yeah, yep, yep, easy enough. But uh, yeah, so yeah, so basically, he is a sort of flashback in black and white at the start, and um, we have this sort of tragedy with him. We'll get into that more in spoilers. But this mysterious old woman who's referred to as the crone, um, some mystical, old, you know, otherworldly yeah. person in a robe. She uh, just kind of uh, appears here and there. Gives him, gives him blood worms, which make him immortal, and, put, and basically always heals. But it's, it's kind of like Wolverine style healing, except you kind of see like these the sort of like strings of blood like sort of connecting again. So, it's, yeah, it's a it's a pretty cool effect actually. So, uh, so we cut seven years later, and that's when we get introduced to the main plot with the girl and this evil sort of clan of samurai uh, led by Anotsu, uh, who's the sort of the big bad of the mm. film. Uh, and it becomes a bit of a hunt. It's actually got a very kind of almost video game-esque kind of structure to it where it almost feels like boss fight after boss fight There's the, you, you kind of split it into sections where like oh he's fighting the guy that's got the heads on his shoulders that's the hedgehog guy yeah. <laughs> I'm being very descriptive here I'm not going to remember all these names but uh, the hedgehog guy's got a pretty cool look and then it's, kind of, you know, it's like boss after boss after boss and then you know the plot kind of and that's not to say that it's not got a, a, a plot that's throwing through it as well it does but it, it feels very yeah it's got a very solid revenge plot overarching it uh, yeah. I think the the boss fight symptom that you you mentioned there is a case of this. Obviously, this is adapted from a manga, mm-hmm. which was a uh, longer running than just a movie, and it feels you know they were the ends of big arcs. I actually don't have a out. don't have a problem with it. If that sounded like a complaint, I didn't really mean it to be. It's... Oh yeah, I, I didn't necessarily mean it as a you know it, it's a negative, just as a, a critique, I suppose. Because I actually I'm not against a simple structure or a very simple plot where it is kind of a case of getting through and just going up the ranks until you get to the big bad at the end. Like I, I yeah, don't problem yeah, with that. It, it, it kind of leaves that a little bit in the last third. It kind of mm. like goes in a different direction for a little bit until it does get to this kind of the big final fight, uh, yeah. which is maybe where I think it maybe stumbles in its pacing a little bit because the film's two hours and twenty minutes long. Yes. Uh, so it's just pretty lengthy, and, and I do think you probably could have cut it down a little bit. Maybe. Uh, it's, uh, Oddly, I feel like you could go either way. I feel like it's in an awkward middle ground where you could cut down quite easily or there are ideas that you could expand upon and go bigger and actually give them more weight. You could do that. I think my, my instinct was to cut certain things. like certain. Uh, yeah, there's a whole plot point where I can go, all right, just slash that. Yeah, I feel like you could have just focused on the girl wanting revenge and him being the big bad. There's a whole other thing that's introduced later on that... Leads to some interesting fights and some interesting dilemmas, but like it does feel less developed than everything else. It, it does. I think we might be thinking of the same thing as well. It sounds like we might be, but yeah. But obviously, let's get to the positives. Though the action is very good. Oh, it's fantastic stuff. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, you have the added little element of supernatural, or if you want to call it supernatural, but you know, the, the fact that he's immortal, and if mm. you you know he 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 will utilize that in combat. He will cut off his own hand because he knows he can reattach it to I, get out of I, a bind. I would say almost to a fault. In that he rarely actually wins on pure skill. Oh yeah, I, th- I think he actually technically dies in every single fight. Yeah, and he almost it's... always wins because the other opponent thinks he's dead, and then he comes back from the grave and he's like, "Ah!" It, it, <laughs> it very much, I feel like that is supposed to be like, you know, part of the theme. Is that you know, in the the earliest section, he before he is immortal, he gets through there pretty good. You know, he's pretty solid. Oh yeah, and it feels like once we cut ahead, it's maybe he coasts by on his ability where he kind of like, well, I don't really need to try all that hard. I can kind of just get through anything. Oh, well, I mean, that, that kind of ties into the whole... Uh, the theme of the whole movie is just uh, learning to want to live again and not you know, yeah. not, not giving up anymore, um, having a new reason to live. 
because mm. uh, obviously he has this tragedy in his past and he is the JD disgruntled guy, which is what you know why it really reminds me of Last of Us in a lot of ways. Yeah, no, <laughs> a lot of ways. Um, and Ren, like you know, at first it's a very sort of antagonistic relationship, but over the course of the film, she cares about him more than he cares about her, and you kind of expect that by the end it's going to shift uh, in the obvious way. But uh, it, yeah, that's definitely a big, big part of the film. Is he, he like you know, if anything, he's sick of living and he wants to die, but he can't. That's kind of yeah. the, the the core idea of his character in this. Um, and but maybe by the end, uh, since some movie and people have arcs, maybe he'll actually want to live, uh, and that's kind yeah, of no, yeah, no spoilers, of course. Yeah, no spoilers. I feel like I'm saying things though, where it's obviously what they're, what they're going to do with the plot. Uh, yeah, I feel <laughs> like it's such tried and tested, you know, just story yeah. beats that as soon as you say, okay, this is the setup, you kind of go, okay, I see where it's going. It's yeah, and that's not a criticism. That's you know, storytelling. You yeah, uh, exactly. good storytelling. You can often see the di- the direction it's going to go in. Because that's what it's supposed to do. I mean, ar- arguably, it's maybe a little bit derivative of everything else that's ever done this. Sure. Uh, I mean, and you, I think... you know, I, I think you, you can say, yeah, it's set up properly, and it is set up properly, but does it do anything new to it, really? Does it bring it, something it, to the table? In terms of the storytelling, I would say probably not. I'd say where it, it does set itself apart is its visual flair. Yeah. I think that's its, its strongest element in that sense. It, it takes a very simple and solid plot don't get me wrong but it, it, and it makes it look great and that's what's what that's the draw yeah honestly i think the simplicity is key that's why i'm saying i'd have cut it down a little bit and cut out the extra mm. stuff because i think the simplicity of all right we got past that boss who's the next boss and then we're kind of like because we see them all at the start of the film as a group but then we just sort of meet them one by one throughout the film and like i was always like oh who's the next one what's the what's the trick with this what's, what's the gimmick with this one mm. well you know oh again like a video game boss where okay what is their extra power what is their extra trick what's their weapon that they use yeah a lot of unique looking weapons in this movie yeah so, so there's a lot of that stuff going on um but i mean i actually i usually start with asking the question after the premise and it's kind of clear at this point i suppose but car did you enjoy uh, uh, uh let me say it's pretty clear yeah i did obviously it's not perfect as we've already established <laughs> but yeah it's pretty damn good i i assume you more or less agree no yeah i i i enjoyed it as well like, like i say i've got criticisms here or there and i think it's a shame, actually, that I had that that sort of like oh this extra plot that's kind of making it a bit longer in the second half because I think for the first like thirty, even maybe the first hour, close to an hour, the first half, yeah. um, I was like oh man I'm loving this like I was yeah, just same. I was I was really into it and then it just got a little bit long winded uh, and I actually do think this is I mean I know some people don't agree with me on this and I like thirteen assassins but I do think that final fight that lasts about forty minutes goes on a bit too long. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna fight you on that one. I, I would I would have just you know just simplified that and trimmed it down a bit. Yeah, I'll fight you on that one. I, lo- I love I love that movie. And I like it a lot. Like, I'm not I'm not disputing that. And uh, I should get I've not, I've not seen it since it came out. I should watch it again. But I just remember feeling that that final fight was just a long ass fight. <laughs> oh, well, that's fair. To be fair, it's been a while since I've watched it. Maybe uh, yeah. and I've only seen it once as well. Maybe I'll change my mind upon a repeat view. Maybe we should do that soon and. Uh... Re- re-establish how that's gone uh yeah we could do it at some point um but yeah so so but that, that, that's basically the extent of my complaints and I, I think um because one of the like, again I'll, I'll refer to him as bosses that's interesting in the second half who's kind of set up as the the uh i guess the the, cl- the second to big bad not not in the sense that He's, mm. he's he's actually related to him and he's like his second in command just in the sense that in the sense of the, the movie's plot he's the next biggest figure who poses yeah. the biggest threat 
Um, he kind of comes in and it almost like takes away the th- the main threat from the big bad. It actually almost steals the big it bad. Does undermine thunder. it a little. Yeah. yeah. And then when it comes back to the big bad, I'm like, okay, this is this is fine, and the dramatic points you're making are good. But I don't really see him as the the threat in the fight anymore. I feel like we've already made the big point of the danger. If that makes Agreed. sense. Agreed. And it takes a little bit of weight out of the final fight. It does. It does. Uh, there was one of the funny elements I liked about the final fight though is that there were so many dead bodies around at that point as they started slipping on the blood when they were trying to fight and I thought that was actually a really funny little idea it, it's something you don't see like at, at all but it, it makes sense like not, not in a super comical it wasn't they weren't playing it for goofiness it was more just frustration that they couldn't get their footing right and it was, yeah. it, was it was cracking me up no no it was cool uh, you know overall I, I'm pretty positive I think uh, one of the strongest elements to the movie is its characters I think they're very likable oh yeah throughout. I agree uh uh, I think uh, Manji's likable. He's, you know, he's likable grunt who doesn't want to like to talk to the girl, but he kind of goes along with it. Yeah. Uh, and he sort of obviously his heart becomes clear as it, as it goes on. Uh, I think Rin's very likable, as you say. She's very, very spunky. I think was the word yeah. you used. Um, I think they make a good pair. Um, and Otsu has a really interest. He's a big bad. I know Otsu, and I, I think he's got a very unique presence. I almost look even the uh, the robes that he's wearing. They feel different to everyone else's. Almost like there's a lighter colour. He's got like a it's like a teal robe he's wearing compared to everyone else's. It, it is, and and a, a big part of his uh, motivation is you know being different and making that acceptable. Uh, and so it, it's kind of like yeah, okay, he's clearly the villain and he's doing things wrong, but his motivations are coming from a place you can understand. His motivations are actually. At their core, relatively progressive. Yeah, they're bizarrely noble in a weird way. Even if everything he's doing to achieve them is just flat out evil as shit. Uh, but there is like elements in there where it's not just a completely absurd because he wants to unite everyone over under one thing, which is okay, right? There's there's, there's a noble goal in there, and mm. you know, again, he he wants to make being different be acceptable. Again, is and yeah, and he, he doesn't want to unite them for evil purposes or anything like that. Uh, but he is going around murdering people, and you know, because I mean, I don't know if it's a spoiler to say at the start of the movie when they murder uh, Ren's father, that he then just says to all the he's like sort of like you know his bosses, his sub bosses <laughs> that we're going to have to the film. He basically says to them, "I'll do with you what you want with the wife." Yeah, <laughs> and it just leaves them to, you know, and it's implied that there's a lot of rape going on once he leaves the room. We don't see any of it. We don't get that. Um, although we do have one of the one of the big bads comes and just hugs Ren and tells it he don't listen to it. But it's very mm. creepy. You can tell that he's he's, he's kind of grooming or whatever's going on. Is yeah. creepy stuff. Um, but yeah, so so yeah, there's dark elements to it as well. It's not just um, mm, there is this noble thing. Uh, yeah, and I I think the movie's even saying something there where it's, you have to. It, it's it's fine to have the noble cause, but you have to have humanity while you're doing it. Otherwise, it's pointless. Yeah, it's it's you know ends justify the means sort of situation. Yeah, but, like, uh, do they? they we're not here. Yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. They, they don't. Uh, I think my my favorite uh, way of ad- uh, address or my favorite, my favorite way of actually sort of saying that actually comes from Battlestar Galactica. Uh, there's a line in that um, it's not just enough to survive; you have to be worthy of survival. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I like I like that sentiment. Um, so, yeah, is is it worth it if you have to become a homicidal maniac to pull it off? Probably not. Um, but yeah, so. That's uh, that's that's the gist of the plot. I suppose we'll give this the spoiler warning and we can start uh, diving yeah, into yeah. it. But clearly, we recommend watching it if you haven't already. Oh, yeah, if you like samurai movies, if you like yeah, if you like this type of action movie, um, I, th- I think uh, I think there's no reason not to. So yeah, um, but yeah, so full spoilers for Blade of the Immortal. Um, 
we have, like I say, we have all these several bosses. Uh, I think I typically remember them by their look and how they fight more than anything else. Well, they, I mean, in, in typical sub-boss fashion, they don't actually have that much character, these ones. They, they are down to their stylistic elements. Exactly, exactly. Which is, which is why I think it works when it's just been as simple as possible, because it is just about, okay, here's a really good... And this is the thing, if the fighting was boring, this movie would completely fall flat, but it's not. And because of that, it's exciting when they show me a new character he's going to fight, because I'm like, okay, what's the, what's oh, the trick Yeah, how time? are they doing this one? Yeah, exactly. Because uh, the first one, the first one he really fights um, is the the guy with the heads in his. Because one of the heads in his shoulder turns out to be uh, Rin's mother. Yes. Uh, it's a really dark moment, and because you think he's not he's not taking the job, but he's actually he's, he's followed her with her, and he, he's there, and he jumps out, and he, and again, like we said, he actually gets stabbed, and the the, the bad guy thinks he's won, yeah. and he pulls off his mask, and because you see that he's kind of like burned underneath the samurai mask, but he pulls it off. And he's about to kill Rin, and that's that's when uh that's when Magic jumps out and does his thing. But uh, so through the chest, I believe that one was relatively simple. This one, yeah, relatively simple. Um, and then we get some more advanced things. We get the the, the hedgehog dude, and I say that because his hair's all kind of like spiky, but back the way, and he's got a yeah. mask on. He's got just like, the bottom half of his mask on. I was getting real Sonic the Hedgehog vibes from this guy. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, you're right. Yeah. That's what, that's what I, all I could think every time I looked at him. Uh, his fight was good. Although, I really liked when he fights the other immortal. Another immortal shows up, and this really sets up the, the, the main themes of the movie because the other immortal is like, he's like, you know, he's had like three wives, he's seen everyone in his love die, he's tired, he wants to die. He's basically picking a fight with Manju because he wants to die. Yeah. Uh, that's what his hope is. Uh, and he even weakens Manju. He, he gives him this, this like rare poison that kind of affects the bloodworms. It poisons the bloodworms, yeah. And it kind of makes them not work properly for a while. Uh, they eventually kind of pick up. Kick back in, but yeah. they are still slower than they were before. Yeah. It, it was making me think of um, something like Spider-Man 2, where he kind of loses his mojo for a while, and then like once he sort of has the will to fight again, it kind of all kicks back in. Uh, it kind of is that, especially yeah. as you, when you get to the scene later on with the, where the crone shows back up, you know, where he's like coming, you know, staring at his hand going, come on, bloodworms, do your thing. Yeah, because he's about to get attacked. He's like, I need my hand back. I need to grab that sword that's next to my hand, but I'm not attached to my hand. Yeah, and uh, it's this realisation that he does actually want to survive that yeah. actually, you know, allows it to happen. Yeah. Um, but I love the immortal fight because, I mean, obviously at the end of it, he cuts off all the guy's limbs and even his legs. He's just like a, he's like a head and a torso, just looks, you know, nailed to the tree. Yeah. Uh, when he's talking to him as he's dying, but he, uh, I like the before that though. It just like it cuts to him at one point, and he's just kind of like suspended above him, and he's got like nine like swords through him, and mm. it's just like uh, yeah, it's just this like you know just a barrage Fantastic of blades. Looking. Yeah, it's great. It looks good. This is, but it's it's, it's it's it's. I feel like it, this movie nails being just that little bit over the top with, without going over too far. It's never comical. Yeah. Yeah, which it, which it would be really easy to do with some of these ideas and premises, but it's treated with just enough weight that it's kind of you, the characters are always taking it seriously and, and keeping it straight. Yeah, yeah, um, and I think the the relationship between Manji and Ren gets really good as well. I think I think it's after the Hedgehog fight. <laughs> I sounds really weird to say it, but after the Hedgehog fight, uh, where they have this kind of heart to heart, where she kind of like confronts him and says, I look like your sister, don't I? Because it's obviously in the flashback at the start of the movie, it's his sister who gets killed. And it's in a bit of a face-off. It's a very... And this is the thing. When you're watching that opening scene and the bad guy at the start, is, he's got her and he's going to let her, you know, give, give me the thing and I'll give your sister back. And then he kills his sister. 
And then obviously it leads to this big fight where he's going through like you know an army of men to get to him, and he he, he just about does it, but he, he's dying in the process. I'm like, okay, so come the end of the movie, we're going to have Ren in that situation. We're going to have him yeah. in this standoff again, and he's going to do something differently, uh, because of course he is, because that, that's that's what this that's, is. That's how storytelling works. But uh, but it was it was here where she kind of confronts him about it, and it was actually like it, it turned into kind of a sweet scene where he get kind of angry at her because. She kind of tries to manipulate him into like feeling sad because she calls him brother. Yeah, uh, and, like, then he, and then he corrects us like, no, 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 it was it was big brother. That's what she always called me. Yeah, yeah. and then he does uh, because there's not. A, I mean, there's a score, but there's not a whole lot of this particular. There's a there's a there's a cue that plays here. It's a really nice little emotional theme, mm-hmm. and it never comes back again until the very end. Yeah. Um, so it really it really nicely just ties these two scenes together. This and the ending. Uh, the ending, of course, being. Uh, after all the fighting's happening, and after Anatsu has been put down, um, and again, a very sacrificial moment as well for for Manji, who yeah. realizes he's about he's about to kill because uh, because Ren's running up to attack him from behind, but he knows that you know Anatsu's good enough that he's going to turn yeah, around. Yeah, there's no problem. So he, yeah. he just jumps in the way and takes the sword in the in the yeah. side. And but Joe, I like as well. I like that Ren has her own little journey where it starts off as purely as revenge, and then it be, kind of becomes. No, I'm not just going to kill because revenge. I'm better than that. And she kind of criticizes everyone else because of that. And eventually, uh, Manji kind of says, "Well, what am I? What am I here for then? Like, what, what, what am I doing? What have you hired me for?" And she's like, "No, you can kill people, but only if they try to kill me." <laughs> like, yeah, and then this whole army just like back away a little bit. <laughs> um, so yeah, there was there was a neat little heroic side to that there, and it was the idea that she. She she's not got jaded yet, and she she still sees the ideals, and she kind of like reminds him of his humanity. It's very neat, very very touching, uh, and of course the theme comes back in as as is she thinks he's dying because she actually leaves at one point. She actually wanders off away from him and leaves him a note because she basically realizes he just kind of wants to die, and yeah. she's not going to lead him to his death by like you know helping her. So she actually leaves him, but of course at this by this point in the movie he cares about her. So by this point he actually goes running after it goes her. Goes off searching. Yeah. Um, and the movie ends, of course, with that great little moment where she calls him Big Brother, and then his eyes just open, and then the the guitars kick in as we hit the credits. Yeah. Um, no, no fear of uh, leaving on the the badass moments. But it's very. This is going to sound like a weird, real thing to compare it to, but it's very. Um, the end of scenario B of Resident Evil Two. Straight over my head, and probably quite a lot of other people's. For anyone, anyone who's a fan of Resident Evil Two, finish scenario B. Uh, Leon turns to the camera and says, "We've got to take down Umbrella," and the guitars kick in. It reminded me of that. The first thing my mind went to. Uh, okay, as uh, I see what you're saying. But it's a fish pumpy moment because the whole thing is that it's reminding him that he actually wants to live. That he doesn't just want to die. There's those reasons to actually want to live, yeah. and the fact that he's he he wants to live and then make die anyway because he's he's been sac- you know he's you know he's, he's he's sacrificed himself for her. Mm. Uh, but then he get you know so that final moment of him opening his eyes is like no. They won. He's, yeah, yeah, he's, he's yeah. still around. Because he won. keeps saying there at the end, it's like, oh, I'm not going till till she's gone. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he, he lives up to that, quite literally, at the end. Yeah, so, that's good. Now, obviously, what we've kind of brushed over mm. is the other plot. Uh, well, i say the other plot. It does tie in, of course, because there's a whole thing throughout the movie where Anatsu is like basically making a deal with the head of the Shogun to... Uh, adopt his martial arts and adopt his training and 
throughout the film, the, you know, the, the representative there is like, yeah, we've agreed, and I've talked to the other, you know, the other heads, and they've all agreed. But it's all a ruse because they actually end up killing all of his all of his disciples at the end, which yeah. is one of the things that kind of deflates Anotsu a little bit. Yeah, I felt because I, I thought when we got to the end, and whoever was left was going to be fighting side by side with them, uh, and instead we had this thing where Manji and Anotsu actually had to fight side by side against an army. And... I, th- I get that the point is that okay, we separate him from all the disciples just to show he he kind of doesn't need them. He's yeah. it's supposed to elevate him as a threat being like he's powerful enough to hold his own without them instead it feels like he got easily duped it does yeah it's just because it, uh, it turned out to be all this plot and we meet these other group because at first i thought they were just more assassins of uh of his uh this mm. this group of characters in the middle we, we sort of like we find out like after manji's killed a few of his disciples we find out that they think there's been like you know ten deaths, and I'm like, did we miss some? Are they telling us that he's been killing more off camera, like you know, yeah. this building? But but then he's quite clearly quite confused as well. Yeah, and then Manji's like, wait, I've not only killed like three. What's going on? <laughs> and yeah. it turns out there's this other group of assassins who are killing others and making it look like it's him. Uh, and to be fair, the reason he's not actually bad. But later on, when they say, well, we don't want him to know we exist because it makes them think there's only one enemy. Like you'll be surprised when there's no, multiple it's it's, it's solid reasoning. Uh, but which is this, we have. Obviously, the head one's Shira, uh, who we deal a lot with, and then there's the dude with, with goggle things <laughs> and uh, sexy blonde, right? Those are the other two, those are the trio. Uh, but Shira's the one who we kind of properly get to know because they, they, they do kind of team up, and they think that Anatsu is like traveling to the headquarters to talk about this, you know, takeover of you know mm. him taking over all the, the the dojos and stuff, and. They think he's dressing as a woman to like disguise because he knows people are going to be out for him. So they they go hunting, thinking that yeah. there's a woman that's actually him, and they think they found him, and it turns out not to be the case. It's just some random woman who 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 was holding something that looked like his big blade and like and like wrapping. Yeah, well, no, I think that the idea was that she was hired by. Oh sure, yeah. You know, and it's his men, so that because oh, yeah, it, yeah. it was a big wooden carving of his unique blade. Yeah, no, you're right, you're right. My mind's slipping, but so um, it's like, so yeah, there was a trap, wasn't it? It's like, okay. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a decoy, but um, this just kind of pisses Shira off, and there's someone else with them uh, again. That uh, it was there to really ambush them or whatever, and Manji goes off fight, fighting him, and yeah. Shira's left there, and Shira is basically, like, yeah, well, ah, you, you you took the money, you're dead. Yeah. And he, not only is he going to kill her, he's going to rape her. And yeah. actually, in you know, in in Rin's there, and she like jumps out, and she's like, "No, you're not doing this." And he try, she tries to stop him, and he fly out punches Rin in the face like three times. Yeah, it, it is super uncomfortable to watch. Um, and then just as he's about to really like hurt her, uh, that's when the, <laughs> I don't even know what you call those big things in the chains, the big blades in the chains. Maybe you're uh, I Japanese. I did know uh, a few months ago when I was playing Neo quite a lot, but yeah. uh, it, it slipped my mind. <laughs> Uh, my Japanese weaponry knowledge is not as uh, up yeah, to speed, yeah. uh, but uh, no. So he he does that and he cuts off his hand. So uh, she was pretty pissed about that. So she was then get a grudge, and that sets up Shira as this other antagonist who seems to have his own vendetta against our main heroes, which is fine. But it does kind of feel like okay now he feels like a bigger threat than Anosu does because Anosu is not even like trying to do anything to them. He's just kind of trying to avoid them. He doesn't care. Well, I mean he 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 stands one to one with Rin multiple times and doesn't do anything just kind of gives her a speech 
if I, yeah, if anything, he just kind of respects that, you know, one day she's going to keep training and once she's ready to come and face him as an opponent, he might respect her because she's actually put the work in for it. Yeah, and, and it feels like when she's ready, he'll take her one-on-one, like, properly. Because yeah. like, uh, that's a big thing for, for Rin at the end when the army are coming after Anatsu. She's like, no, 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 you're supposed to be samurai. Come on, this is supposed to be fair fighting, not just overwhelming him. Yeah. Um, so, but now we have this guy who's got this vendetta now, and he does become this problem where he shows up uh, and we get big fights. How many men, like, you know, this is the fight where Manji cuts off his own hand and then reconnects it to... Yeah. You know, to to win the fight because he's trapped at one point. We have all this stuff, and then eventually, Shira does get Rin, and he has her in the position, kind of like what his sister was in the past, where he's got her, and he's like, "Nah, put your weapons down, or I'm going to kill her." And of course, we uh, we know that he has like that extra blade, and he's and he's because we we saw it earlier on, he, he picked it up because actually, there's, there's this funny running gag throughout the film where she's trying to let the Rin's trying to learn to throw a lot of blades, like she's got them all on her knuckles, and yeah. she throws them, and she's really bad at it. And at the end of the movie, or towards the end of the movie, when everyone's having the standoff, the army's there, she goes like that to throw them and to get like the army, and one of them goes into Manji's back, and he's just like, ah, my back! And he turns and like, you're still terrible at that! Yeah. Maybe she gets all the rest of them, though. Oh, sure. He still got stabbed, though. He does, but it, it's fine. He'll heal. Yeah, it's fine because he's an immortal. If this was anyone else... like Yeah, yeah, that would be not a great thing to do. Yeah. I agree. No, but the thing is, with this plot, I feel like, other than this bit at the end here, you could kind of mostly cut the whole thing out. Yeah, I mean, and you could almost just give this moment to Anatsu in some way. You could just reshape it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Um, I don't know. Like, I I get you know the point you know where she she wants to team up with them and 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 then she learns that even people who she thinks you know share her goals that she should be with can can be awful people too. And then, by contrast, Anatsu, who obviously she hates, has some modicum of honor and respect. And I get that part of the journey, but it feels like a lot of time for not that much. Uh, Yeah, I understand why they're doing it. I understand that just making Anatsu get get like uh, maybe cowardly towards the end and grab her to try and save himself would maybe be a betrayal of what you want to do with that character. I do get that. I don't know if it achieves that much, though, doing it this way. I agree. Uh, I feel like this is something that was in the manga that was obviously longer running, and when they were adapting it, they've kind of put it in anyway rather than reworking it in a different way. Mm. And it it does suffer a little for that, which is which is why I said uh, early on that you could go the other way and make this longer and expand this out almost into two films, even if you had to, sort of thing, and and, and kind of do this this whole plot and actually build this a bit more naturally. Uh, but instead, I feel like with, with it, this amount, you should probably just cut it out entirely. Yeah, I, I'm more in favour of that. I, I think it, it could just go. Uh, I agree. I, that was my first thought. It was just because, it was a, po- a possibility because it, it just it doesn't like. I mean, I mean, two movies could be great. Maybe if they expanded it, it could be fine. It would it would yeah. justify itself by doing that. But for for me, I, I I was just like, this is just like a tangent in the movie, or it's just adding in this extra element that I don't necessarily need. And it's deflating the main kind of like threat and purpose. It is. Yeah. I, I think you just have like you you play the same beats and you just you maybe you have the encounter with Shira, the first one, and just have them fight there and have them win a fight right there and then. And then, you know, and Ren still realizes after that that he is just wanting to die. And that's yeah. what makes her go off. I think the, the way you there. do the you know, the the bit at the end where where you know she's he's he's holding Rin. Mm. 
I think you give that to the shogunate role. Like, you know, you give them to the to them, and, you know, they're... Because they're kind of filling that cowardly role of, mm-hmm. no, we're just sending a mass army to get this one man. You give it to them of, of being like, no, they're trying to battle for their own lives against even Onatsu as as well as, as, as Manji. Yeah. Yeah, maybe the head so shogun like, guy that we see a lot of. Yeah. yeah, I feel like maybe that works a bit better. Possibly. Possibly. Um... But yeah, I mean, it's not a huge issue. Like, it's, it's not like it doesn't break the film by any means. It's just uh, I kind of feel like it, it did bloat it a little bit and deflate it a little bit at the it, same it, time. It does. It, it ends up feeling like okay, there's twenty, thirty minutes here that I don't really need. Yeah, I, I think it could have been a much tighter uh, if we just we got to we got to because that's the other thing. There's a there's the like the other disciple character who like tries to assassinate. Um, Manji and she fails Maki, yeah. she, she fails yeah. uh, and she's actually about to do it and then she actually backs down because the, you know Rin kind of talks her out of it and kind of realises that she's, she's got morals basically is the thing and she has like, a bit of a moment where she's like when, whenever she's fighting she kind of just gets lost in the moment she doesn't really think about what she's doing but when mm. she stops and looks at it, the horror of all the death actually kind of weighs on her and the fight was kind of cool there was some like sort of playing like around like uh, like scaffolding and stuff like, yeah as through, through some buildings um and it was a fun enough fight and her big kind of payoff is that she shows up to help anatsu against the army in the end she has this big entrance and then at one point she dies and that kind of spurs on him as a bit of motivation yeah. but i feel like yeah you could probably just cut her to <laughs> like it shouldn't really add that much to the whole the whole overall no plot. no i i agree again there's a light light with the, the other the plot there's small things that it adds to rin's character but there are probably easier ways of doing it with what you've already got. Uh, you know, just tie in a bit tighter and, and stop it I feel like, up. I feel like you either cut her or you cut Shira. But if you keep Shira, you cut down his plot considerably and just have it be one encounter. And whatever you do is you basically give the moments that worked in the other one that were cutting to the same fight. Yeah, like, you indeed. have that moment with uh, Maki where, where Ren steps in front and like goes to defend him. It says, no, I can't let him die. Just do you that can do in the that other one. Yeah. yeah, you just swap that over. You could just do it in both. Um, I say both, either or. You know what I mean? Not both. Yeah. You know, do it, it, both it, it doesn't necessarily matter who she's saying it to. Yeah. The point is, she has that moment. Yeah, yeah. And then he has the moment. Where he's like, if you do that again, I quit. Like, you know, he's not. Yeah. And again, that's the first sign that he cares that something bad might happen to her. Like, yeah, he, exactly. He, you know. He's like, no. Like, his point is, I'm a bodyguard. I'm supposed to be the one dying for you. You're not supposed to be getting uh, saving me. But it's, it's funny, actually, it goes back to your point about how he's, he's relying on the fact that he's immortal because he's like, no, I was lowering into a false sense of security and then I was going to strike because his tactic now is to just make it make them think they're winning to, to, believably yeah. because he'll be like looking dead and then just win from just there. Yeah, and when their back's turned. Yeah. It's it's quite dishonourable, actually, given you know the, a lot of the themes <laughs> of the movie. Yeah. Uh, which is what makes his sacrifice at the end really work because it's not that at all. He runs in and takes the hit. Exactly. So as much as we've, we've kind of like critiqued uh, the second half a little bit and we've said, oh, we'd cut a couple of things and condense it. Because I, I do think you could get this down to about an hour 40, hour 50, and it'd be a really I, tight I, I action movie. Um, I think as is, it's a little bit long, but uh, the journey still works. And I think even though they deflate the villain just a touch by these other choices that were made in the second half of the film, because I think the first half is actually quite formidable. He feels like a big thing to get to. Oh, definitely. And I actually kind of like that he doesn't even care about them. He's not even concerned. I actually kind of like that in a villain. Not, not in every villain, but I like it in some villains where he just he thinks they're beneath him. He thinks he's not even... Because you almost want that smug look to be wiped off his face when he realises, oh no, shit, this yeah. is actually something I have to deal with. They're, they're a threat. 
that's that's the exciting part of that. And I think there's an extent. I, I, I don't I don't think that moment ever really comes because I, I don't think it does because by the time he's confronting them for real. It's like, well, there's an army of other people to be afraid of. Yeah, he's he's already kind of had the, the rug pulled out from under him from other characters. So yeah, he's he's literally on the run when Rin runs into him at this point for the ending. Yeah, so our main characters don't get that moment, therefore it's not as satisfying for us, I don't think. Um, so that's my that'd be my complaint with that. Um, but yeah. the emotional beats with the main characters, who I who we really like, uh, still play really well. Like I say, that that final like minute where you know, like, he's dying mm. and she's like crying for him to not die. Um, and call him Big Brother, and the music's playing, and he, he wakes up. That completely works. I was completely on board. Oh, definitely. I, I think that's the thing. As much as we've said, oh, you know, it's a bit long, you can cut these things, when it lands, it really lands. Yeah. It's it's just it's just a little bit of a shame that the second half's just a little bit long. And it's definitely, it it's all in the second half as well. I think the first, like, hour, perfect. perfect. Yeah. yeah. And then it, then it goes just a little bit, a little bit blurred. Um, so, so, no. Uh, but I guess, I guess we're, yeah, yeah, I think we're pretty much done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to mention before we get to the rains? Uh, no. I just say, going in, I was not prepared for the amount of uh, dismembered hands. <laughs> a lot of dismembered hands. A lot, lot of hands flying around. A lot of hands. Uh, uh, Shira's got this uh, blade. This really rough-looking blade. It's like a, a saw. Like it, it yeah. like it's like a bread knife on one side. One side's a regular sword. One side's like a saw. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cool. Uh, it's it's pretty rough. There's, there's a lot of weapons as well, actually, which is you know it's not just because he, he's got this cool thing where he's he's, he's got two katanas, but they kind of like one of the handles come off and he can connect it to get like a. He basically imagine like you've got a lightsaber and then Darth Maul like took, puts two of them together to make his lightsaber. <laughs> That's basically yeah. what he does with his katana. Yeah, pretty much. So he's got a dual katana at one point, at one multiple yeah. points. Yeah, no, that that's cool. Uh, Anatsu's axe sword, I'm gonna call it. It's a really heavy blade, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it's like curved at the top, but not like a, a smiley light. It's, it's actually curved like in an axe shape, but it's still a, a sword all the way down. Because Rin tries to go grab it at one point and she can't lift it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he's just swinging it around no problem. Yeah, uh, so so that's the whole thing. Uh, um, yeah, no, there's a lot, a lot of cool weapons. Like we said, there's the ones in the chains and then there's various I other think, things. And, and as well as just them, the weapons looking cool, which obviously helps. They're all used in pretty unique ways in the fights. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you, the um, what's her name, Maki's staff that splits into like three pieces as as she's fighting using it. It's also pretty used pretty cool. Yeah. So right. oh, that action solid. Visual style is very good. Um, cast are very good. I think uh, characters. Yeah, are very good. Uh, especially uh, Rin. I think uh, it's, when she's you know getting angry and the emotions there, uh, it it really lands. Yeah, there's, there's a moment towards the end before the fighting really starts where she basically just yells, tells everyone to shut up for a second, and it's yeah. an entire army of the Shogun. Uh, and you've also got uh, Anatsu and you've got Manji, and everyone just stops. Yeah. Like, everyone she, she, actually stops. And the funny thing is, is, she's so commanding that you don't even question that they'll stop no, for her. Exactly. She, she has real presence and, and really just commands the screen when she's on it and doing these big moments. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind a second movie with her, actually. Because this is actually the one thing that. This is a disappointment. It's just that uh, my expectation was different. I, for some reason, I remember the trailer implying that she had more training, where she was going to be more of a fighter by the end. Okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe this is just I'll me be making honest. up I, memories. I never watched the trailer. I just kind of knew the premise, knew the director. And I went, yeah, I'm in. No, I saw the trailer, and just, I remember just having the idea that it was going to be like he's training her throughout the film. So by the end, she's also no, a no, fighter. I, see, she never quite gets. I mean, she's 
kind of trying, doing little bits, you know. Yeah. But she's never at the same level as anyone else. Yeah. So I mean, I could but, always be. I could always be a close to everybody. <laughs> what do Hey, I'm down for it. Yeah, well, let's train her. Um, because you know, it's a couple of years past. She'll she'll be more of a, like a 16, 17 year old. But then you know, it'll be yeah, a bit more yeah. believable. That she can, you know, hold her own against the the adults and stuff. So. No, I'm down for it. Yeah. Uh, all right. I suppose we'll get to ratings then. So, what what do you rate Blade of the Immortal? I'm just about going to give it the eight. I was I was thinking the seven point five. It was kind of in between because of just those bits that drag, and you know, But the action's great, visual style, you know, all the things we've been talking about that we that we really loved. It's just enough to give it the eight. I think. Yeah, I think I'll give it the eight as well. I, I think. Um... That first hour, I was thinking nine as I was watching it. Oh yeah, yeah, I was, I was, I was like nine. If this lands the emotions, maybe nine point yeah. five. But it, it, oh, yeah. I was never going nine point five. I wasn't quite up that high. <laughs> oh, I don't know if it had properly land. Like you know, it does land. But if it, had, if it had never faltered from that point and yeah. landed as well, I might have done. Yeah, it just becomes a little bit too bloated in the second half, and that kind of drags it down a little bit. Uh, but I, I'll, I'll give it the as well. I think overall, I'm, I've had a quite a happy experience watching it. So. Uh, Blade of the Immortal. Uh, there you go. This year's hit samurai film. Uh, I assume every year has a samurai film. Japan makes a lot of them. <laughs> I mean, though, they're, they're ever popular, aren't they? Mm. Hey, say what you want. Uh, they never died out like the Western. We still don't think they did. Maybe they did. Maybe there's like a, a gap of like 70s and 80s. Because, uh, there's a lot from the 50s and 60s I know about. I don't know a whole lot about the 70s and 80s and 90s samurai movies. Maybe there was a big, huge gap. No, or... oh, it's true. And to be fair, Westerns have been making a comeback in the last few years. That's true. Not not quite the heavy hitters, obviously, that they were, but the, there's more of them around now than there was you know, 10 years ago. Here's a question. What do you prefer, samurai films or Westerns? Oh, samurai films. I, I do too. Don't get me wrong, there are some great westerns as well, but oh, yeah. if, if I'm going to pick, you, you, then, then I'm going to go Samurais. That said, that said, I will say that Once Upon a Time in the West beats the majority of Samurai films. I said the majority, not all. I'm not saying it's better than Seven Samurai, I want to make that clear. I, I, I've not seen that one, so I can't judge. Oh, I love it so much. But, it's a fantastic well, film. And, and of course, his uh, Man with No Name trilogy is fantastic as well, of course. That's, yeah, yeah, but, I've seen that. Yeah. Uh, but hey, uh, so that is uh, Blade of the Immortal. So by all means, let us know what you thought of it in the comments below. Like, subscribe, all the usual stuff. Get us on the Twitters at mail underscore fuzz for channel updates. If you want to support the channel, you can head over to patreon.com slash mailedfuzztv. There's a link to that in the description. Otherwise, that is us though. So thank you once again for watching. Keep watching TV. Not TV. This is movies. <laughs> what, what are you doing? I don't know. Like, we record so much. We're doing, we're doing like TV news next, alright? I'm, I'm My mind's wandering. Uh, keep watching movies guys and we'll see you next time.